that when it was? Yeah, March 13th. And today is May the 4th be with you for all you Star Wars. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. me what my size to you? How was that for a Yoda voice? Is that pretty good? I knew that was coming because uh, last year when we did the podcast on May the 4th, you did the same thing. Judge me by my size. <laughs> mm. Mine. Mine or I will help you not. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Testing. One, two, three. I'm stretching. Okay, you ready? Sure, Cheryl. All right, here we go. In three, two, and <clears throat> one. <laughs> Welcome to the Rundown Podcast here on AccessWDUN.com. Another week, another week of, well, I'm not going to say nothing to talk about, but Wilson alongside or across the screen once again from Jeff Hart as we welcome you uh, into the show today. Jeff, uh, how you doing? I'm good. You're good. good. That's all. You're just good. I, I'm good. You're, you're... I, 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 what, what else is there to describe all of this? So you've, you're settled in. You're settled into the COVID shutdown. Uh, we're going well, on, what, it, two and it, a half it, months it, now? It, it, it better not be a shutdown for much longer. M- March 13th, correct? Is that when it was? Yeah, March 13th. And today is May the 4th be with you for all you Star Wars. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Touch me by my size to you? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> How was that for a Yoda voice? Was that pretty good? I knew that was coming because uh, last year when we did the podcast on May the 4th, you did the same thing. Judge me by my size. <laughs> mine. Mine or I will help you or not. Help me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> All right. So we've been digging around in the sporting world, and I'm just going to start the show off today just, just talking about Paul Feinbaum. And I will be leaving the show right now. The, <laughs> the man, the man who has made a living on, well, the Auburn tree guy and uh, clickbaits. And it is working today because I clicked on the bait. Sure did. There you, and now we're talking about and it. And now we're talking about it just as much as he wants us to talk about it. Hopefully Paul will send us a check in the mail uh, with per- a little thank you note. Uh, p- perhaps he should. Uh, uh, although he probably doesn't need it, but you know, Paul, he is, he's become one of the go-to guys on ESP and the SEC network. I mean, his show was on the SEC network. He, you know, he is considered a college football analyst on uh, SEC game day, you know, Why? In football season that I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he is one that they go to and he, they have gone to him once again, on the draft and talking about the SEC's dominant dominance in uh, this year's 2020 NFL NFL draft, and for some reason, Jeff, he picks Kirby Smart to throw a jab at. In my opinion, um, comparing or, or talking about what Kirby said, we talked about it last week. Uh, you had some words to say about what Kirby said, you know, about the SEC draft, basically saying that some coaches outside of the conference tell recruits that it's better to not go to the SEC because it's too <laughs> tough, too competitive, and you might not it. have a good career of it there. Yeah, I that that's, you know, that that's like um look, I I know we're not in the SEC and and we're, you know, we're strong rock. But look, you have a better chance of making the NFL draft if you come to us because you know, that league is just too good. <laughs> it's too good. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, don't. If you want good competition and growth as a player, don't go there. You have a better shot to get to the NFL from here. <laughs> Look, I, I have I have never I, really been that guy that, that sits there in the stadium and starts chanting SEC when you're playing like a, a Big 12 or an ACC school, but I'm becoming one of those guys because of the constant attacks on the SEC and the constant production is right in front of everybody's face. It's like, you know, uh, what was it? The first 50 picks in the draft, <laughs> 20 of those were SEC people or players. I, yeah. Well, 17 of the first 34, it, you know, it's the classic, uh, you know, we're, we're in the media, Bo, 
But I, I like to consider myself not a traditional media person. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and, and now I say that the media in, in probably going back, you know, a hundred years when the media started to really kind of have an effect about writing on sports, you know, they, uh, they, they help, like they build you up and so they can destroy you and tear you down. So, you know, they get to talk about you on the way up. They get to talk about you on the way down you know, it's all designed to, to get people to notice and read. But, you know, it really makes no sense uh, from the standpoint that, you know, if you're a journalist, your your goal is to attain the highest goal and the best quality you can. You know, you don't want people to start telling people, well, man, you know, look, he writes good stories, so you really don't want to read him. <laughs> I don't really understand. I, I've never quite understood why the media does this kind of thing. There, you know, that the, it's supposed to be in life. You shoot for excellence. Uh, you know, here's a program or two or a conference that, you know, is demonstrating excellence. Mm-hmm. I think that should be celebrated more than it's uh, attacked. And it, you know, it really bothers me. Um, it's humorous, but it, it's just kind of the it's it's the mo of the media that this is what they do. People that that do this kind of thing for a living, and that's what Feinbaum does. That's you know, I have to admit, I don't, I don't watch or listen to find, to find bomb that much because it's infuriating to a certain Whoa. degree that he he just seems to go out of his way to try to create something, which is I, which I think is where you're, you 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 yes. feel that this is a man where you're going with this is that his attack on Kirby he's trying to manufacture something. Well, it is, and and you look at, at a lot of the – there's some other stories out there. ESPN, they've released, you know, the percentage chance of which teams are going to win the national championship. Georgia, I think, is like at a 25% chance to win the national championship in 2020 or 2021. Clemson's right at the top. They think that Clemson has a, a – um, an 80-something percent chance to win the championship, by the way, while I am talking, just got to Well, that's alert. because they got, uh, you know, they have about eight high schools on their, yeah, on their yeah. schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but before I continue, just got an alert on my phone that uh, former legendary uh, Miami coach Don Shula has died at 90. Oh, that's too oh, bad. Okay. Wow, I didn't know he was that old. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so Paul Feinbaum, he, he takes every opportunity he can take to jump in head first and try to create some controversy, which, you know, the comments that Kirby made was that they well, were, I, he didn't dive in head first, Bo. This was a cannonball. Well, yeah, it was a cannonball. Yeah, yeah, our <laughs> backbuster, you know, our belly flop, maybe. <laughs> but uh, he said Feinbaum says that he believes the com- comments were directed at Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney, whose recruiting strengths in recent years have caused many elite coaches in the SEC to take notice. Now, here's how he starts his quote off. This is an opinion. Disclaimer number one. Let me make that clear. Disclaimer number two, because he wants to make it clear that it's only an opinion. But then he follows up. But, yes, it was a shot at Dabo Sweeney. Now, well, how the hell does I, he know, know that? I don't, I don't, you know, when I read Kirby's comments, you know, I, I guess it could be interpreted that way. It, it could also, you know, be a swipe at, uh, you know, whoever the guy is at Ohio State. Right. And, and you know, Lincoln, what's his name at, at Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a swipe to anyone that's not in the SEC because surely more than one person is trying to use every means necessary that they can to you know, to gather high level recruits you know and if you're going to tear down somebody you're who's the number one league who's the number one conference in america i mean oh, there's no question it's the sec there's no question you got to figure every coach from every school that's not in the sec is going to be using any tactic they can to say you really don't want to go there Absolutely. and this is why so i to pin it on you know, they're talking only about Dabo or somebody else. I, I I don't know that that you could do that. I mean, I can see where you could make a case, right? But I mean, I I don't know. I I again, I think this is uh, you, you. You know, we talked before we got started. You you think it's a direct, 
you know, and, and he's trying to create something between Debo and and Kirby. And I, I mean, maybe I, it's hard to know. Well, yeah, you know, perhaps it goes back to Dabo getting a little butt hurt back in the football season when he was talking about, you know, little old Clemson never getting any notice. And, you know, they've won, what, two championships or three? Is it three? Two. two. Wait, did they win last year? No, LSU won. That's right. Boy, I try to block yeah, that from my memory, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so so, so I, I don't know if that's what Dabo was trying or, or Feinbaum is trying to do with the situation, but the quote continues on, which – it, it, it's just stupid. It's it's stupid, and as Kirby Smart was saying it, now now, th- now this is he's he's talking about the quote that we read earlier about the SEC being you know the best conference, basically most competitive, competitive. And as Kirby Smart was saying it, I thought it was pretty obvious. Now now let me restate: this is just an opinion of Paul Feinbaum, just an opinion, just an opinion, uh, right? J- just an opinion. Let me make this Not clear. Bad. Uh, it was pretty obvious that it was because he was talking about recruiting, and I and now now here here's another cool thing. I'd have to go back and look at the transcript and make sure my opinion is correct. But it left no doubt. It left no doubt. It's my opinion, Wait, but it left no doubt. Left no he's doubt. He's got to yeah. go check a transcript to see if his opinion was correct. Yeah, but it but it left no doubt. Even though he needed to go check the trans- transcript, correct. but the, but it left no doubt. No doubt. Uh, apparently he's been hanging out with Joe Biden a little bit. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but it but it left no doubt he was talking about Dabo Sweeney because of the proximity in the recruiting battles. I could be talking about uh Collins at Georgia Tech. I mean, there's a lot of battles going on right now between Tech and Georgia for some good some, yeah. I mean Collins is uh you know, uh, Collins has made some hay a little mm-hmm. bit. I, he could be talking about Collins. He could I be. Mean, he could be. Uh, you know, he could be talking about Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, I know he's in the SEC, but but let's face it. You know, recruiting is a battle with every coach, regardless if you're in the SEC. I mean that that the championships are sown. Uh, a championship won in 2020 began in 2015, yeah, 2016. It, I mean, that that's how you're going to win it. You, it. you don't have a great recruiting class one year, one year and then win the title that year and go, oh, it was because of that recruiting class. Yeah. I it, mean, it just it, this is just years in the making. It just doesn't. If anything, if you want to flip this, let, let's flip this. If I'm Dabo and I'm recruiting, I don't need to talk about the SEC. I need to talk about Clemson because look, yeah. you come, you come play for me, and, and there's a very high percentage the program that I've set up here, which is the SEC of the ACC. I mean, Clemson really is. Clemson is the SEC well, team in the you ACC. Clemson, and you got the rest of the you, ACC. You, you got the rest of them, so you can you can use that to your advantage by saying, "Look, come to Clemson. We're going to be playing for national championships. Now we might not beat the SEC, but we're going to be in the game." You know, we, and Clemson's beat the SEC. You know, so well, they've won. They've won two titles. Right. They've been in it every year, but I what the first year. Mm-hmm. Every year, but the first year, um, I think only Alabama has a higher percentage of that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're if I'm Davo, I don't need to I don't need to talk up or down the SEC. I just need to talk about what I'm building here. Come to you me. know, and how many how many. Number one, you know, first round draft picks that they had over the last five or six years, overall picks. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to get to the NFL, Clemson doesn't need to say anything other than we're Clemson at this point. That's right. He is, he's built Clemson into what mm-hmm. Alabama had been, you know, say hey, we're Alabama. We don't need to say anything else. Yes. You know, you know, you know what you're, you know what's going to happen here. Uh, yeah. So, it, it just, I agree with it. It's just kind of ridiculous for Feinbaum to sit there and think that, you know, it, it's only Debo doing that. I mean, he doesn't need to talk down the SEC in any way. No. I, I wouldn't even mention the SEC. Why? Why plant that bug? The the the, the only bug that 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 Dabo could use <laughs> it would be to his recruits. Hey, you want to beat the SEC? Come to Clemson. I mean, because That's he right. has. I mean, he, he has. has. I mean, let's be honest. He has. But but he Dabo has. is an SEC guy, and he's built what he's learned, you know, from Alabama and, and his years of coaching, and he absolutely has built a national contender year in and year out through, in my opinion, 
some of the SEC traits, character traits, recruiting, and, and, and all that type of stuff. And so he's built that in the ACC. Why would you even, you know, come to right. Clemson, you're going to be in it. We're going right. to you know, probably win a national championship. This and, is Fine Bomb's way of trying to create some type of tension because there's basically no news at this moment other right. than the NFL draft. So he's decided, look, we've got to talk about it, so we got to make right. some, 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 uh, uh, somebody think that there's a tiff going on between Dabo and Kirby. And, and if you're Kirby, I, if I'm Kirby, I'm, I'm kind of chuckling at this because, you know, again, more free publicity for Georgia. No doubt. Um, that, that's good for Georgia. And, and much like Debo at, uh, at, at Clemson, yeah, Kirby doesn't need to talk down anybody or anything. He just say, hey, we're Georgia. We, we've been in an SEC championship game, what, you know, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, we've won it once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know what you're going to play for. We're right on the verge every year. You know, he, he's assembling more great talent at Georgia. He, he doesn't need to talk down anybody. No. He, he doesn't even need to say, we're in the SEC. He can basically just go, we're Georgia. We're Clemson. We're Alabama. We're Ohio State. <laughs> uh, does it really, when you're looking at programs like that, it really doesn't matter where they play. They're going to be in the conversation. You know, uh, so th- this whole thing, yeah, I agree with you. It's just, you know, Feinbaum opening his mouth so that, <laughs> suckers, blah, suckers blah, 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 like blah. you or suckers <laughs> like us i clicked we'll it talk about it yes i did i clicked it sorry but... i'm just gonna start calling you big mouth bass <laughs> 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 you, you bit I, I did i sure did hook D line and sinker baby uh, but now <laughs> I'll end this by saying that, that that I have the utmost respect for Dabo Sweeney and for Kirby Smart. I think they're two great coaches doing a great job getting the the, the most out of their players that they they can get. Uh, you know, Kirby's done an outstanding job of assembling what he's done over the last what four or five years to 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 get Georgia the pieces to be in the in the conversation. Dabo has been in the conversation with Clemson. You know, so these two coaches, probably the two hottest coaches right now in the country as far as recruiting goes, with Georgia with the number one class. Clemson, I think, ran top three. Um, and, you know, Feinbaum, I guess, just decided that he's going to do what he's going to do and create and, headlines. And there doesn't – I mean, they're already battling Georgia and Clemson. It's not oh, yeah. like, oh, suddenly there's this, you know, border war. I mean, Lord, I mean, you know, they're the clo- – that's the closest yeah. – School to Georgia is Clemson. Exactly. So you know that they're battling all over the place for recruits. Of course they are. Clemson's, Clemson's going to win some. Georgia's going to win some. You know, that, it's going to be like that till time immemorial. No doubt. No doubt. All right, so college football, we'll, we'll stick along those same lines because there's been a lot of talk. You and I are, are basically begging the seasons to start because, one, we need something to cover other than uh, what we're doing. Uh, it would be nice to have a game. Like right now, we would be covering probably uh, what soccer baseball playoffs if, if high school was oh, yeah. in. You I'm know, sure Johnson soccer boys were ranked number one in the nation. Yeah, that would have been that would have been fun to follow. I feel bad for those guys. College baseball, college softball, you know that you know full bore. They they'd be yeah. We would have uh, been wrapping up the SEC schedule, yeah. like maybe this weekend and next weekend to get ready for you know the SEC tournament, which mm-hmm. would have been another great tournament. I, I mean, you know, it's just a it, it's sad. It's a bummer. That, that we're here. It's, it, I mean, you know, it I, is. I can spend five podcasts on my opinions of this whole thing. And, we know that. We know, you know that. But we know that. We do know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I could probably spend them with you talking about it. But if you, the biggest discussion right now is where do we go from here? And it's it's not just on the national level; it's on the local level. You know, with Robin Hines last week talking about hopefully mid June that it, the kids could start phasing in some workouts at the schools, and and then maybe by you know after the dead week, July Fourth week, that they could actually get back to practicing like they they normally well, do in the summertime. My my, my initial gut feeling was that. Um, it, it was going to be spineless politicians mm-hmm. that were going to put the kibosh on this. But 
I'm changing my tune. Ah. I think it's going to be the actual citizens and people themselves that are going to put a stop to this. We're clamoring to want to open, and you see things where things are opening, and the people that are opening are receiving some backlash from the actual people who want things to open. Mm -hmm. So uh, my wife's a teacher. I'm, I'm... I, I'm, you know, nothing. I, I would never bet on it because right. you never know anything. But right now, my gut feeling is we're not going to open school on time, which means we're not going to do football and sports on time. So I, I think that whatever contingency plans people are trying to look at and, and put together, you know, uh, and I'm trying to segue into where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think anything is probably going to be on the table. I think the only thing not on the table, and I could be wrong, and gosh, I hope I am, is starting on time. I don't think that's on the table. Yeah, well, I, speaking of gut feelings, I, I I stopped my gut feelings because none of them ever, you know, it was always bad. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I hope that we get something going you know that is that is my hope but uh college football power five ad's they have outlined contingency plans for the 2020 college football season which you know uh i just hope it happens but you know some of the things that they've gone through they talked to you know kansas state his ad they've talked to him uh he's actually outlined some of the things that they they talked about in the conversation one of them is starting uh, as early as uh, early September, which, I mean, that's the start of the, the college football well, season. As, as scheduled. As scheduled. The other's uh, late September, any games in December. One is starting the season in October and playing a conference-only schedule, which you and I have talked about a couple times here on the podcast about perhaps that's what happens is, is they, they trash the non-conference games and then they just play a conference-only schedule, pushing it back as late as they can. The other one is starting the season in September and playing a conference schedule only. And these down at the bottom, these are going to make it interesting. We have talked about these as well a couple times because this came out about a month and a half ago, waiting until 2021 and starting the season in January. uh, (laughs) And this has been floated around in high school as well. I've heard this talk about some of the coaches have said, you know, perhaps that the season would start, the football season would start in the spring. And this is what this list says, waiting until next spring, you know, to start the season in March, or splitting up the season with six games in the fall and six games in the spring, which what does that do? Uh, but they, but there's some contingency plans that apparently the Power 5 ADs have talked about, Jeff. Um, which one well, do you like and- the best? Uh, well, I don't know, but if you read further down in there, you know, uh, this is uh, Kansas State Athletic Director Gene Taylor. He thinks all seven of those options are on the table right now, but he's more optimistic about certain plans than others. And and here, you know, this is my thinking. He says starting the season mm-hmm. on time is going to be a long shot. Right. And, and, and I just think, you know, the reason I think that is – and the, the reason I'm putting it on the actual citizens at this point – is because people have been clamoring to open, 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 and and some things are starting to open. But then you'll read some things. We have some stuff on the Access WDUN uh, with some polls. Um, you know, do you think everything should open or should they wait? And and more and more people are saying, yeah, I think we're opening too soon now. We need to wait. We need to wait. So, I, I you know, people are just. For whatever reason, I mean, it's 75 degrees and sunny. Me and my wife drove around on the weekend. We drove around the North Georgia mountains to go get just catch some views and catch some sun. And there were a lot of people out on the road and a lot of people just going to some places and and just stopping and just sitting. And and that's great. Uh, you know, but if it's going to – if this virus, it, it, you know, it, if they say it's true that sunlight and heat kill it, there's no reason in the world why we can't just go ahead and open everything now. And I think that some politicians are wanting to do that. I think states are wanting to do that. But it's the actual people now. They have they've been they've been sold a bill of goods about every everything can kill you. Mm-hmm. And nobody want now people are like, well, wait, I can go outside, but maybe I don't maybe I shouldn't. All I know is that they start on time and, and Georgia says, I'm playing a game, you know, 
whoever it is. They, I'm, they, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there too. I, I'm there. I don't even care if I have a ticket. I'm going in. I was like, I'm going to say, hey, there's 80,000 empty seats. I'm going to go sit in one of them. Stop me. <laughs> there, there goes- I, I mean, you know, it's, it's not like I'm taking someone's seat. They're not here. So if people are going to be dumb, I'm going to go take advantage of it. And and I'm throwing it out there that these people are overreacting. So I, I think some school systems and some sporting things want to start. But I think the public is too afraid, which is why I'm saying they're not going to start on time. Because when does the freak out end? And that's really the issue at this point. Okay, so the freak out... <laughs> When does that end? Who knows when that's going to end? Because it's still an ongoing freakout. You know, the the Alamo and Dawsonville opened on Friday, and I think there was like three stores that opened. Well, um, I went to when I was out on Saturday. We went to a barbecue place that was uh, like at the Lumpkin White County line, yeah. and now they had never had outdoor seating. But when we drove by, they had a they probably had more than half a double table scattered around in the parking lot. They had a little porch area. They had umbrellas. It was a beautiful day, and there they sold out of food. Buddy. Of course they did. And and there were so many people, you know, just sitting outside, enjoying the afternoon, eating some great barbecue. <clears throat> and then there are other places. I I'm, I don't want to name. I don't really want to out anybody, but there was another place in Delonica which they already have a built-in porch, and outdoor area that refuses to open mm-hmm. because they're they're you know. And and so this this is it right here. I mean, there there's, it's, if people are going to be afraid to go out and do these things, then I, there there's no way school is going to open on time. And that's really what it's going to. You're you're not going to say okay, we're gonna we're gonna play a football season, but we're not going to open school. Right. That's just that. not going yeah, to happen. No, no it's it's uh, school has to be open for that to happen. And uh, I don't see school opening on time just because. Not because they couldn't be ready to. I just think if somebody opens, you know, even though the public seems to be clamoring for things to open, when somebody opens, they they get harassed for it, which is, I don't get it. It's stupid. Well, the issue, in my opinion, is what is, you know, the media keeps reporting things. Uh, Here's the latest report. Uh, This one posted on Saturday. The U.S. just reported its deadliest day for coronavirus patients as states reopen according to the who yeah well that right there means don't believe any of that number but see that's it they're just trying to sow fear and you know the public is buying into it and so though we may never ever have sports again because if we're not going to open when it's 75 and beautiful and heat and you know I, I don't know that I've said this on air, but I'm going to say it. <clears throat> I equate kind of what's going on. You look at what happened during World War II. You had people that were sitting in the south of England getting ready to get on a boat, sail across the English Channel, knowing that when the door opened, they were going to get machine gunned. Mm-hmm. And they were, they voluntarily and willingly did this because they know that they, we need to save civilization and right now Bo, when people open their doors the worst thing that can really happen to them unless there's a sniper across the street which i don't see that happening going on is they can catch a cold or something similar and people are afraid to open their doors and so that's you know it's kind of a shame we had people that were willing to take machine gun fire but we have a whole population of people that don't want to just go outside because they're afraid they might they might catch something well, I can that t- 99% of the people are recovering from. Well, I can tell you one thing. The weekend in, in, in the Silver City, uh, South Dawson, North Forsyth area was rocking, dude. I mean, there were people everywhere. Uh, Home Depot slapped covered. Walmart slapped covered. Every grocery store you can imagine that's been covered up since this Well, ask them if they're going to go into a restaurant and eat. See, I, I mean, if, it makes no if, sense to me. If they were open, if they were, I, I don't know who's open around the area here. Now, I can, let me say this before we move on. So are here. they going to go to a high school game? See, that's it. Let's, you know, to get this back to sports. So they're going to Walmart, they're going grocery shopping, they're out and about. But if the high schools say, 
we're going to open and we're going to allow people to come to a high school game. What's going to be the answer then? Well, it should be we're going to go to a high school game because we're not afraid but to go. They? To, but are look, they? look, look, if we're not afraid, if you're not afraid to go to one of the largest hardware store retailers in the country, in the world, you know, to walk in and get your fertilizer for your lawn, then why would you be afraid to go to a high school football game? Well, but that's why? the question. Why? And yet you why see these polls be... where people are like, I'm not going to go attend a game if they have one. Because, I've seen because polls you're going, over. people's gone to the grocery store since this has started. They've been packed, man. I mean, you know oh, that. Oh, I know. I know. So I don't know well, what see, else to see, say th- about this it. This is the but... issue. This is why I say it's going to come down to the population. It's actually not going to end. I think that school systems. You know, we're going to want to open. The colleges are going to want to open. They're going to want to try to have a season, but they're going to they're going to read polls where people go, "Well, I'm not. I'm too afraid to go sit in Sanford Stadium on an 85 degree sunny, you know, sunny day." I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you're you going, that. if you're going to an early September, late August, late August, early September game at Sanford Stadium, I don't think you're going to catch much of anything there. No, you can take a pizza and cook it on your seat. But, you can fry eggs, man. Heck yeah. But the thing is, is people are telling, they're saying we're not going to go. I, I'm and so s- how, what do you do then? I don't do know what these, you do. How do uh, the sports you're, leagues you're, open? They're, they're not. They, you know, unless they do like NASCAR's doing in a couple of weeks, they're going to race without fans. You know, and that that's kind of what I said back when they canceled the Atlanta race. They, you know, no, NASCAR, NASCAR no, I, I know, but but it, let's let's talk about that in comparison too, because granted, there's going to be no fans in the stands, which for racing, I don't think that really matters, uh, because it's mainly a TV sport. You know, they are fun to go to, uh, but but back in March, was it March? Yeah, March when they decided. Now we're not going to run the Atlanta race. They decided that they were going to run the Atlanta race without fans. Okay? So no fans in the stands. We're still going to run the race, which, in my opinion, NASCAR is one of the safest sports to do so because there's a driver in the car, right? That's it. That's all that's in the car. You got And pit. the pit guys, they have all that stuff. They practically have PPE equipment. They practically have <laughs> PPE equipment. So, And you're outside. You could – have ran those races that 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 could have happened in my opinion yeah no reason why nascar couldn't have just kept their season going but but now here we are and and even to a certain extent the pga golf tour could technically have done the same thing in my opinion but because you're you're staying six feet apart you know you could stay six feet apart on the green i mean technically they could have played through this as well uh maybe even tennis as well uh but it's total fear, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, a unabashed, um, irrational fear. Look, I, I and, and look, people are going to I'm sure if they listen to this, I'll, I'll probably get some emails about it. I don't care. It's irrational to sit there and think that every single thing in the world is going to kill you. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. You, you, it, you know, th- there are people doing all kinds of things. They're not, they're, they're recovering from this, like they recover from the flu and other stuff. So this, this is why I, I just say that I, I think that whether we take one of these seven that we talked about, <laughs> you know, one of those seven, I think you can kick out early September. I think you can kick out late September, maybe the October one, but they're certainly not going to start on time. I just don't see anybody, yeah. you know, I think the, I, I, I would like to say that the politicians and the people that make these choices are going to show some backbone and get back to normal. But I, I've seen very little that makes me think that because the people seem to be sending mixed messages. No, I, I completely agree with, uh, with what you've said about that. I, I just want to see something happen. Don't know if it's going to happen. Preferably, you know, as much as I love college football, I want to see high school sports come back the most because that affects us the most. You know, it it affects what we do. It affects our life. It affects everything. I want to see high school football, softball, fall sports, winter sports. I want to see them come back. 
simply because we need that. You know, I think as a as a public, as a society, we need. You know, sports has always been that thing that that really brought us together, united us in a way. No matter what your political beliefs were or, or where you were in society, you know, nine eleven happened. It brought us together. Every it just seems that they bring us together. And I think at this point that if we bring back sports, it's going to be something that 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 I think just just gels us back together in society. It's going to be unfortunate that they're probably not going to do it, and we're probably going to have to sit here and twiddle our thumbs a little bit longer. So yeah, well, hopefully one of these, you know, ho- hopefully we'll see some movement one way or another. But of those seven that we talked about, as far as the college football season, I don't see them starting on time, and I think the high schools are going to follow. I tell you, whichever one comes out first with a definitive statement, whether it's college or high school, I think the other will follow. That's what I think will happen. Well, we're going to have to wait it out and see. So the last dance, the Michael Jordan docuseries, five and six happened last night. And- I, 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 I must throw you a bone and a kudos saying thank you for – it was something I was not necessarily going to watch, not being a big Bulls fan back in the day, but you insisted – that I needed to watch mm-hmm. this, and I'm glad you turned me on to it. It's really been fascinating. It has been watch. fascinating. It, it's been, you know, for me, it brings back my my childhood in watching, you know, professional basketball because, you know, I immediately gravitated to Jordan. I mean, I can remember certain things like, like on last night's episode, it showed him shooting a, a free a foul shot with his eyes closed. Do you, I mean, you, you remember that one? Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And I immediately went back to us, you know, standing at the gym like, hey, I'm going to shoot this with my eyes closed, you know. And, and and how did it go? It went great. Boom. Swish. You know, you get yourself you lined up. You made one with your eyes closed. I can do it right now, dude. Boom. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You know, and, and then you watched, uh, you, you saw the part about Kobe and Kobe basically saying, you know, uh, he wouldn't have been the man that he was if it wasn't for Jordan and, and the way Jordan took him under his wing. And, and they showed he that. Had a, he had a very interesting statement about, you know, because that's been thrown around forever. Who would win in a one-on-one battle, him or Jordan or Jordan and Magic or, you know, pick anybody, mm-hmm. you know, between two different eras, LeBron and Jordan. Uh, he said um, – he didn't want to go there because his game wouldn't be where it was without Michael Jordan, which means that if he hadn't learned from Michael Jordan, I think it was sort of an admission that without Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan would have dunked all over him. It's kind of, it's kind of my, what I took out of that, but it, you know, it's interesting. He, he just said, you can't really make comparisons because the player he became was because Jordan helped him, mm-hmm. you know? So therefore, you know, you had Jordan, and then you had Jordan White, or Jordan one and A one B. So Jordan wins that no matter what. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me a text, and you're watching the first episode when you sent me the text. I know because you said you never had a pair of Jordan shoes. Nah, I never. I the I will tell you that what I did buy. You know, it, what was interesting is they were talking about the Converse thing. Converse. You know, when I grew up oh, in the seventies yeah. playing sports, Converse was. That was the bomb. Yeah. I mean, if you had a pair, of, you basically went and just bought regular type shoes back in the day. Yeah. But then Converse came out, you know, because I remember when Connor, Jimmy Connor, it was a lot of tennis players and golf guys. There really wasn't a whole lot about basketball. So I played tennis. I had a Jack Kramer pro staff. Okay. And I wore Stan Smith tennis shoes. And I will tell you that the Stan Smith tennis shoes, they're really, they were different than other shoes and um so there was something there uh so it was interesting to to go back to the converse days because nike and reebok and and adidas and all that stuff i mean they were just they were a twinkle in the eye of somebody out there in the future their their converse was it that was the that was the mac daddy and it was just interesting i i kind of got a smile on my face when they started talking about stan smith and and all that, I was like, "Hey, I wore those." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and how never had never had Air Jordans though. I couldn't, I just couldn't see myself paying a hundred bucks for a pair of shoes. Uh, dude, I worked all summer for for a pair one year. I mean, that, yeah. that was mowing grasses, doing yard work, 
you know, working just to get that that one pair so of Air Jordans. Instead of saving for your future, you went and no, bought a pair of Air Jordans. I did like every other kid that had to work, you know, for money back when they were kids, you know, to buy, you know, mom. Right. She, did, she, did you hold them up and have the, oh. Yeah. My, mom <laughs> would give me an allowance of, of okay, I'm going to spend, I'll give you $50 for, you know, to spend on your your pair of shoes for the year, you know. And I'm like, but I, I need 58 more dollars. <laughs> and, <laughs> and your mom, what, your mom like, uh, okay, I'll take that back. Again, her mouth hit the floor. She, <laughs> she said, uh, she said, here's the 50 bucks. If you want to go mow grass or, 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 you know, go over to grandma's, if she'll give you some money, you know, uh, you can do so. And you go, I'll take you to buy whatever you want. And, and it is true. It's like Justin Timberlake said on the show, you he he did the same thing. I mowed grass. I I earned the money. Then we went to fo- Foot Locker and we bought the shoes. I mean, that's just where you went to. You went to Foot Locker. <laughs> you bought the Jordans and you went home. I mean, that, it it just brings back all those those memories of of me watching Jordan. And I'm I'm serious. I was a Jordan fiend. I mean, I recorded every game on VCR tapes, dude. I still have those games. That that's how insane of a fan I was of of Jordan and just that era of basketball and and to watch what Kobe was saying about him because Kobe and I were are, are near the same age but to watch what Kobe was saying about him and how he was trying to emulate everything that he did you know kids of that age did that I mean the fadeaways you know shooting the free throws with. Uh, you know, your eyes closed or, or sticking your tongue out when you drove to the basket. You know, just kids really looked up to him. And at the end of, of episode five, the comment that he made probably hit me in the forehead the most about he was going through the gambling stuff, the media was hammering him, and, you know, all this type of stuff. And he said, you know, uh, if people want to look up to me, they can look up to me because I try to set a great, you know, uh, I try to be a great role model. If they don't like what I do, and I'm paraphrasing, you don't have to follow me. You know, you can just turn. And, and that kind of sets right, right well, now I think in today's what, I think society. What he, I think what he said was, you know, if you want to follow me, I'm your guy. If you if you don't believe in some of the things mm-hmm. that I do, then maybe I'm not the maybe guy I'm you need to be following. Yeah. And talk about hitting you in the forehead. I, that you know, I, I got the same effect when I heard that because you really don't, you don't hear a lot of athletes say that kind of thing. But you know, that's really, that's really, is the essence of all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, people follow athletes or they follow entertainers, whether they're, you know, a music guy or a movie star or you know, politician or whatever. You know, if if you don't have, if they don't seem to be following your value system, don't follow them. Right. You know, you don't have to run them down necessarily, you know, unless they're doing something, you know, illegal, immoral or whatever. But find somebody else. I mean, if you if you if if the gambling thing with Jordan was just something I don't believe in that, then latch on to somebody who doesn't who didn't want to do that or the drinking aspect. I mean, if somebody drinks and you don't want to fight that, that's fine. Um, that was really interesting. And I and I think that. um you know, hopefully kids today, if they're watching this, will get something from that one comment. I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that was uh, the, the perfect way to end that episode with all that they had run through. I, I just thought, you know, fade to black. I mean, that was uh, yeah, that was yeah. a great that was, it was a great comment. And I'm enjoying hearing, um, you know, some of his thought process of some of these things and some of the other guys. Uh, on the team going through that. And, you know, the Tony Kuko part was, was quite interesting. Yeah, that was, that uh, was really interesting. It was very interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, Cra- you know it, that, that, that brings up Jerry Krause again, which, which I've just, my dislike for him keeps growing deeper and deeper, uh, through this whole series, you know, when, when he made, well, the, I think that was part, I think that's where they were trying to go. With yeah. This. Yeah. That, but because, you know, when, when they, they're, won they're the, pulling it off. Oh yeah, <laughs> they are pulling it off. So, so when they won the, I think it was uh, the 92 championship and, and Krause is in the locker room and he's, he's soaked with, with whatever they, they've soaked him down with champagne or whatever it is. 
you know, and he's he's not talking about you know, what the team just pulled off. He's talking about, oh, this is a great organization. This is great. You know, it's not just about the team. This is a great organization. Blah 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 blah. Well, how about giving some props to the to the players on the court? Well, I I will. You're right. You're absolutely right. However, and you and I both know, because we interview people all the time, you know, we'll do a story. Mm-hmm. We'll have four pages of notes. We use four paragraphs yeah. of quotes. You're not going to put everything in there. You know, did he say something about the team that was edited out? And he might have. He might have had a whole 30-second diatribe about how good the team is and how well they played. That's not put in there. And I, I'm only going to give him a slight benefit of the doubt. Um, because it could have been there and, and they just didn't use it. However, you and I both lived that era. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't recall him too often just going, you know, this, this, this team is the most incredible assemblage of players ever put together. And what they're doing on the court is unbelievable. You know, when you hear about the warriors today Mm -hmm. who have been kind of the team to, to beat, um, I mean, you hear Steve, I mean, look, the organization has done a good job when you assemble that kind of talent and are able to keep it for a while. You know, that that does start at the top. However, all you hear from Steve Kerr, who was on that Bulls team, Mm -hmm. and what you hear from some other people is how great the talent is and how well they're playing, how dominant they want to be. And, yeah, nobody shows up to watch Steve Kerr coach and to watch the GM GM and the owner sit there in his box. They come to watch – they came to watch KD and Steph Curry and the rest of the group. And, you know, I, I Kraus, you know, yeah, Kraus yeah. just almost seemed to go out of his way during that entire run to, to as I recall, you know, from I was doing sports at the time. Right. He would just go out of his way not to give them mm-hmm. the credit that they probably were due. Yeah, no. Hey, <laughs> I'm laughing because the comment – Jordan made when he was smoking the cigar last night and Kraus was standing stunt your, there. Stunt your growth. <laughs> stunt your growth. <laughs> I mean, Jordan did not like Jordan probably yeah, hate, did, did hated. Did you see Jerry the Krause. camera? The camera was almost level with Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And all you see is like the little teeny top of Kraus. He yeah. came up to like his navel. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it would be like me being out there. It's like I know Hart's in there somewhere. Oh, look, he's walking through his legs. It's a <laughs> now, now another part of of. I think this was episode six, you know, when ESPN, uh, you know, they they tried to weave in the the politics of it. And I've been kind of outspoken to the fact that that I hate the politics that are in sports when they bring like politics, not like, you know, I played you over so and so politics. Uh, Yeah, the the North Carolina Senate race. Yeah, when you try to bring those type of politics in sport, I'm not a fan. I don't care what side you're on. So last, I don't care what any of these guys think. I don't if they care. agree with me, great. Yeah. If they don't, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's basically was Jordan's take on the whole Senate race in, you know, what was it, Jesse Helms versus uh, Harvey Gant. Harvey Gant, yep. So yeah. oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember all that going on. And, and and they asked Jordan to you know publicly support him, and Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers too. Well. And, you know, it was a great comment, and I, I, he tried to address it a little bit, uh, and, and I think I know where he was going with this. I, I kind of wanted him to go a little further, actually, was that um, it, it, they, they wanted – they were trying to – and he was smart enough to see it even at that early age. They were trying to use him mm-hmm. to make a statement, and he just wanted to play basketball. He goes, I don't want to be used for a statement. If I want to run for Congress, I'll run for Congress. Yeah. You know, and, and basically just saying, you know, I, I play basketball. I got a shoe thing. Everybody buys shoes. I don't. Why would I want to upset half the population? You know, and, you know, he said, hey, and he did what he, you know, he showed the true American way in politics when he said, I gave him, I gave Harvey Gann a donation. You know, there you that's go. great. That's great. And that because that's making your statement right there. You don't have you know, I I don't like it when these sports people come out because I think that they're most of the time they are being used. Mm -hmm. They're they're not being it's not like you're going to call Michael Jordan in or Steph Curry or anybody else and go, 
all right, man, how do you want to set policy with this? That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. They just put him up on stage. Look, Michael Jordan agree. Michael Jordan is here and he supports me. And, and don't let the door hit you on the way down the stairs, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I mean, you know, he's done his part. They got the FaceTime. And that's all they really do with these high celebrity, pro, uh, high profile celebrities. And I, I, I give kudos to, to MJ for not you know, falling into that trap. He made his donation. That's all the statement he ever really needed to make. And whether he lets people know also doesn't care. Right. Yeah. And, and that right there does not happen in today's NBA. I mean, we've had LeBron James come out uh, and, and say just crazy stuff that, that he probably even shouldn't be commenting publicly, publicly on. We've seen several pro athletes you know the kneeling in the nfl you know all this kind of stuff jordan didn't go there and that gains a lot of respect for me because i just feel like politics shouldn't be in sports even though they are even though they'll continue to be uh you know but but everybody's entitled to their opinion and that's okay but if they you know if they, if a lot of these guys say they looked up to Jordan and tried to emulate him and wanted to be, looked at him as a role model, well, he just set the ultimate role model by not getting involved mm-hmm. on a public level like that, keeping it behind the scenes and just doing what he does because he said it. He goes, I- I'm a basketball player. I want to play basketball. I want to work on my craft is what he Worked said. Worked on my craft. Maybe a little less, you know, a little less uh, jetting around the the country by um, Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and a little more work with a quarterback coach. Maybe he'd be in the NFL still. Probably would be. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the the Charles Barkley era was. Uh, I, I love Charles. I, I know I he's love an Charles guy, but too. I love Charles. Yeah, Charles is one of my favorite players too. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite people. You know, in 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 you know, media now, but what Barkley said about Jordan that he said the first time in his career that he felt like somebody was better than him. And that was Jordan. And that series of which Jordan took over and, you know, Barkley and them couldn't stop it. And it just, well, you know, that was a much closer series as I recall that, oh, yeah, thinking, it was. that thinking that the Suns had a real chance mm-hmm. to beat them. And Jordan, I love that uh, the trivia thing where he averaged 41 points a game in that series and they needed every mm-hmm. point or the Suns would have beaten them. Oh, yeah. So how good was that Suns team? That Suns I team mean, was insane. It was, you know, uh, take away the fact that, you know, I, I love the little part about Jordan was like, well, I'm going to embarrass Marley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that part. Well, that, that goes along the same lines of the Clyde Drexler when he got, oh, yeah. he got ticked yeah. about the media saying, you know, these two are the same level. And, and Jordan's like, look, I love Clyde and everything, but we were not on the same level. Yeah. It, well, and, and, you know, I tell you what the other thing, and, I, and I'm gaining – a newfound, and, and again, this is kind of goes back. Me and you have had some of these conversations where, you know, like in the seventies, I wasn't a huge Led Zeppelin fan and feel like I cheated myself on enjoying it in yeah, the moment. Yeah, you did. And now I'm feeling like I, I didn't enjoy the Jordan era as it was happening because uh, it, it, it we may not see. So I, I know people are trying to use LeBron uh, comparisons yeah. to Jordan, but honestly. And this is just from a sports fan. There, there is no comparison. There's none. Uh, the Jordan phenomenon and how good Jordan really was. It, it was kind of like, um, you know, Ty Cobb. They asked Ty Cobb if you look up, if you go back to Ty Cobb and look up his baseball records. Where am I going with this? You'll see. Uh, you know, he he's the all-time, I believe, leader in triples. He had like 700 triples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or however many. It was just an un- un- ungodly amount of triples doubles didn't hit a lot of home runs they asked him you know why don't you hit a home run and he goes well i can hit a home run anytime i want and he goes out and he like for like three or four games or he like cranked like two home runs he could do whatever he wanted michael jordan was like that yes i mean ty cobb was that good michael jordan was that good if he says i'm gonna go embarrass this guy he did 
Oh, we did. You know, if if I'm gonna do this, he went and did it. Uh, few, very few athletes have ever come across. You know, just like Babe Ruth, you know, pointing out there, I'm hitting a home run, and he hits a home run. I mean, you know, there are a few guys that have come along in the history of sports as we've known it in the last 100-plus years that, that have been able to do that. And, and MJ's just in a league by himself. Uh, as much as I always thought Magic Johnson might have been an overall better player, I just I don't think so. I, I'm beginning to think no. And, um, you know, so <laughs> it was – I, I feel like I cheated myself. So I'm enjoying watching this and just listening to Michael Jordan talk about his thoughts and some of that. And when you're that good, you don't get to be that good without the confidence that you he see him speak with about, well, I had to go show this and I did. And I needed to do this and I did. And this had to happen, so I went and made this happen. You don't become the greatest of anything if you don't have that ultimate confidence that you can do whatever you want to do. And, and I think ultimately that is the reason that he is he is the greatest and forever will be the greatest of all times, probably as long as I live and you live. Uh, somebody might come along to, to, to knock him off that pedestal. But it, it's, it's not just exactly, you know, like you said just a minute ago, he, he, if, if Clyde Drexler – was compared to him like he was in that Portland Chicago finals that year and it it ticked him off so bad uh uh-uh, now he's not on the same level or the fact that Jerry Krause loved Marley's defense and Jordan was like he wouldn't even get on defense and I was going to prove that and embarrass him and Jordan did that uh, the the other thing in the couple other episodes before you know that that he decided you know, and it really showed when they won their first championship the fact that, look, we just got beat. Here's what we're going to do as a team, and we're going to win three in a row. And and that year that they didn't win the Eastern Conference Finals, what was that, 90? Uh, and he decided, look, we're going to turn it around, and they did. He had the ability to take his teammates and put them on his back and carry the whole team and lift every one of those on his team up as far as you're going to be better, we're all going to be better. And, and that was a great character by, of him. Yeah, he did that by leading by example. Yeah, he, though, yeah no because doubt. Because he said, you know, like the next day, he started working on the next season. Mm-hmm. He's in there lifting weights, saying, I need to get a little bigger, a little stronger. You know, and, and if, you know, if you're Horace Grant, you see the best player on the team doing that. If you're – uh, some of the other guys, Ron Harper, whoever some of these other guys were on the team, and you see that, uh, what's your excuse if yeah. you don't get better, but you see the best player on the team doing all these things to get even better mm-hmm. than he already is? You have no excuses at that point, and he did that. It, it wasn't just what he did on the court. It was it was what he did. I, I think you're right. I think that loss in the 1990 thing, set in motion what was about to happen over the next eight years. Well, I, I could say, like I said <clears throat> earlier, this watching this has, uh, you know, brings a smile to my face, number one, because I'm telling you, dude, I was such a Jordan fan. Uh, Sunday afternoons on NBC, Marv Albert on the call. You know, I'm in front of the TV watching the games. And, and just to see some of those replays, you know, it's it's like you forget about things. And you see the replays on this this last dance series. And you're like, I forgot about that play. That play was freaking awesome. Yeah, and you know? yeah, I tell you what, was what's fun to see that um, because there was another thing I wanted to talk about. Maybe we can get to it, which is the Braves '95 series was replayed this past week. But there were some of those highlights with Jordan, and particularly some of the playoff things where some of those highlights happened in front of the other team's bench, like some of those spinning backwards, throw it in off the glass. And you can see the entire bench on the other team, just they throw their hands up and like just disbelief, like how in the world that not only did he get that off, but it went in, you know, and it's just the, the utter demoralization. (laughs) Yeah. And the whole fact plays like that, you know, you, you gotta be sitting on the bench going, okay, I I give, I I give. (laughs) It's over. It's, it's like, uh, the the Barcelona Olympic team, the the dream team, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and and when they were doing the practice game, you know, who of us didn't watch that for the carnage? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, 
<laughs> All the trash talk, man. <laughs> and Magic, oh, yeah. Magic said, he said something to him. He said, I have no clue why I said that because Jordan reeled off like the next 20 points and beat us. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, but but the thing is, is I'm talking about the carnage that they were going to lay waste to the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. You know, man. because there, there was talk, if you remember, that, well, well, we we beaten the the best college players. A lot mm-hmm. of these guys go to the NBA. Are they really that good? You know, the world thought that they had caught up to the U.S. Now they eventually did. Yeah. Over the next eight to ten years, um, but uh, we we all tuned into that '92 Olympics to see how bad were they going to beat some of these teams. You wanted to really see just how good the NBA was mm-hmm. compared to the so-called world's best. Right, and and they found out exactly. <laughs> It was, <laughs> was I remember that. So it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. So the next two episodes coming up on Sunday, can't wait for those to happen. Right. So uh, you uh even though we're running a little long here, I I have it recorded. I do remember it. It was one of the last World Series that I watched game for game. Uh the 95 World Series where the Braves won their World Series championship. You had something to comment about that. Uh, game six was what, la- uh, Saturday night? Saturday. Yes. Saturday night. And that was it, the clincher. Well, the whole series, you know, I had forgotten, you know, Stacy, my wife, she's just like, I, I'm going to get just as tense as I just because I can't watch those games. They were, of the six games, five of them were one run. One of them went extra innings. The other game that wasn't was only a three-run game that was, uh, you know, tying runs at the plate mm-hmm. and all kinds. I mean, it was just a ten- Every game was tension-filled, and you had the best-hitting baseball team in a in 50 years almost. Both they the even the Indians hit 291 as a team for the season. <laughs> I mean that's insane. That was the best since 1950 coming into that World Series. The Braves had the best pitching staff of a generation. When you look at you, I mean here was their starting four. Maddox, Glavin, mm. Smoltz, Steve Avery. Yeah. I mean, that's is sick. And, you know, I remember, you know, everybody was talking about that the Braves actually went into that World Series as underdogs, but I mean, that, you know, when you have a pitching staff like that and you're the underdogs, they were all, everybody was talking Indians in the lineup. Can they be, you know, how many runs a game are they going to get? You know, even the Braves staff's not going to be able to slow them down. And you're looking at like 2 1 games, 1 nothing games. Yeah. That game, I watched. I didn't see. I saw uh, four of the six in replays. I uh, I thought I was going to record when I hit one record thing. I thought I was going to record the whole thing, and then I, I realized it didn't. And I had then I had to start going in each single day and recording them. So I only got four of the six. But fortunately, I got game six. And you know, um, watching Tom Glavin just chew up that lineup that was so good. You're talking about Albert Bell and Eddie Murray. Jim Tummy. I mean, I, I think it, it. when you look at that series, there was about a dozen guys that went into the Hall of Fame from that one World Series. I mean, it's unbelievable how how talent-rich that World Series was. But to watch, um, you know, to, to watch that game unfold, and that was when, you know, Dave Justice hit the, the home run. Yeah. It was a one nothing game. Glavin, you know, just masterful for eight innings. But you know, you're Bobby Cox, and I forgot, you know, uh, Glavin was out of gas. He said, I can't go. I mean, when you know Tom Glavin tells you you can't go, he must have been gassed. And, you know, Wohler's come in and, and closed it out. But just, uh, you know, to watch and relive that, it was such a great moment for all of us that were Braves fans. And uh, uh, I, I, I didn't forget how good the Braves staff was. But in game one, Greg Maddox did something that I think had only been done one time. Prior to that, which was he pitched a complete game with two fly ball outs or less for the entire game in a World Series. I'd only been done, I think, one time in the entire World Series up to that point. So that game is kind of lost in the whole thing. He went the distance. I mean, less than like 90 pitches or 100 pitches. I mean, when was the last time you saw any pitcher in today's era go less than 100? And and last through the sixth inning, you know. (laughs) And he's throwing complete game one hitters, you know, with two fly ball outs or less. Uh, you know, that game is kind of lost because, you know, the game six with with uh, uh, with Tom Glavin pitching the one nothing shutout, one hitter, 
you know, but I will tell you that Kenny Lofton was a beast. I mean, he, he was. just he 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 almost single handedly won that series, and it was that close. When you're talking about a you know you, you, the one game that was an extra inning game, and four of the six games, five of the six games were one run. It could have gone. I I mean, either team could have swept or been swept. Kenny Lofton single handedly. They talk about the lineup and all the thumpers at that. But Kenny Lofton on the bases, he stole bases at will in that series. And he always had the pressure on Braves pitching staff and how they were able to. I, I think um, I think uh, they hit 200 for the series, did the Indians coming in hitting 291. I think in the playoffs in the series, the two series or three series before that, they had hit like close to 300. And the Braves, you know, they they hit 200. Uh, with very little power. It was just amazing how good that Braves pitching staff was. And it does make you reminisce a little bit that the Braves could have really have won three oh, yeah. of the four mm. World Series that yeah. they were in. The only World Series they were not going to win was that 99 when, yeah. when they went in with Chipper was hurt and Smoltz was hurt and all these, you know, and then Brian Jordan got hurt. I mean, they weren't going to win that one. Uh, they lo- to get to the World Series that year was amazing yeah. with all the injuries they had. But you know they should have won ninety one. We know that they got they got screwed. Uh, they could yes. have won ninety two. Yes, there, there were some issues there, and they should have won ninety six. They yes. should have been up two nothing, ready to, to go and sweep the Yankees. Yes. Uh, so they they could have won three three of the four. So now World you're making ma- now you're making me mad. <laughs> well. You know, I still have. I'll tell you, that was back when I was a massive Braves fan. I've told you before, if I see Jim Lavert's in an airport, I'm just going to hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Smack. What was that for? You know. You know. You remember. (laughs) You know. Oh, boy. But uh, it was was a lot of fun. I mean, I will say, you know, I'm ready for some some live action sports, but. Hey, um, I've got you some live action sports. I've saved a lot of those games because my kids who were Braves fans, you know, they go, oh, they're not, they're not going to, they've never seen the, the Braves win anything in the playoffs. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Make back watch and we'll, we'll watch some of that and say, this is the year they won it. This is how good they were. Look, you ask, and I'm going to answer your prayer. Uh, at 1 a.m. Tuesday morning, ESPN will televise South Korea's KBO baseball games live. So, I'm watching. So I'm watching. go ahead and set the DVR up and uh, get that ready to go. <clears throat> Are they going to be broadcasting? Uh, who cares? I'll listen yeah, to Korean. Maybe I'll learn how to speak if I'm watching. <laughs> I watch a whole season of Korean boy. baseball. Uh, I'll get it down. All right. Well, do they use a K or do they use some sort of weird symbol for a strikeout? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be a bat with? Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, Jeff, we got to get out of here, man. Uh, check Jeff out on Twitter at HeartJJ22. I'm at the Bo Wilson. You can check us out also at WDUN Sports, our football page at Friday Game Night. Social media, as far as Facebook, Instagram, just keyword search access WDUN Sports. Jeff enjoyed it. Always. Have a great Until rest. next time. Till next time, man. Until next time, everyone out there listening, land, have a great day.